It's time for talking Music on KVNF Mountain Grown Community Radio. I am your host, Taya J. I'm joined today on the show by Jacob Anderson and Kellen Acebrook of the band Fruition. These guys were so much fun to talk to and such talented musicians. We hope that you enjoy the show. Thank you both for being here. Will you introduce yourselves just so our listeners can get a sense of your voices and your identities and your characteristics and your weaknesses? Wow, that's <laughs> so life. much through the voice. I'm Jacob Anderson. <laughs> Is that, <laughs> do I need to say anything else? No, you're great. Uh, and yeah, hi, I'm Kellen Kel- Acebrook. <laughs> <laughs> can they really tell all that through our voice? Man, maybe. Sometimes I feel like we have pretty similar voices too, but yeah. Yeah. right now it doesn't feel that way. I'll talk like this. Hey, I'll talk like this. <laughs> oh boy. No, we Fire won't do that. <laughs> Appreciate you guys making time. How's the tour? How's the road? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. Yeah, we've just been uh, getting getting back on the horse, so to speak. And we recorded a record, actually, before we actually hit the road. So we got together in Boulder at E-Town Radio, and they have a cool studio there. So we just took uh, about about a week and recorded. We got like 17 tracks. So tour's been great. What goes into the process of compiling a record like that for you guys? Like if you have a limited amount of time, you're in a location that's not your home, what's the thought process? What's the sentiment behind that? We've been kind of preparing to record for the last while. Um, it's been three years since we put out a new record. So we have a ton of songs like just waiting in, in the can and waiting to be like launched out. And so um, so we went into there with a good list of songs that we might want to do. And it was kind of an optimistic list. And we went in and crushed all the songs and like and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really exciting. We've been a band for a long time. <laughs> Over a decade, yeah. Uh, yeah, a decade and a half basically at this point. If we're, if we're counting in decades. And so we've done a lot of studio work. We've done so much touring. We've done so much just like living in each other's presence and understanding each other as individuals and as musicians and as, you know, sensitive, emotional beings <laughs> that we like now we're back in the studio for the first time since the big pause. And um, we just kind of went in it with a, a, a positive mindset and a professional attitude and just like an open mind. And we went in there and, and crushed it and we had a, a yeah. blast. And also not just that we know how to navigate each other, like personally, um, we kind of did a different method than we've ever really done in the studio. We just kept it live. We did no overdubs. We did a bunch of takes of one song over and over and kind of choose the best one and like figure out how to make that work. Um, so we saved a lot of time not overdubbing anything. And, and part of it is something that I've always wanted to do with this band for a long time. I think we all have. But like we're such a great live band that it was like, why can't we just go in the studio and bust stuff out like that? And just like really putting more thought into the performance before you do it rather than, okay, let's just start with a solid base and then build up. And if we don't like that, we can take it away and we can build something else. You kind of spin your wheels. All, you can spin your wheels and sometimes you can do too much and it's kind of a waste of time. So this time we were just like, 
let's keep it live. Let's do it. Let's get in there. So we got like 17 tracks recorded, which yeah. is great. There's a lot of ways to like capture magic in the studio, but we found that this was like such a cool avenue for channeling really magical moments because we were doing it live. Mm -hmm. And there's just something about everyone um, playing together, all the harmonies, all the parts, and doing it all at once that you can't quite capture when everything's to a click and it's like, okay, we've got the, like he said, we got the bass tracks now, let's, now let's fly in a solo. Oh, I don't like that solo. Let's like run through this whole song with a fine tooth comb. This way you can kind of like see the songs more as like, that felt like a great take. Let's be done. Yeah. And then move on. It's, it's truly Which is the wonderful. old school way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's, and there's a reason why, you know, classic rock is called that. It's like when you listen to a lot of that old stuff, it was live stuff, you know? And, and so that means like you capture some mistakes, you know, and some mm -hmm. stuff that you might not have done if you had been like really examining everything under a microscope like you do in other studio settings. And it's just like, it makes it more raw and more live and more real and just like more, I don't know, palpable when you're listening to it. We, we immediately would listen to the, to the takes we got on our drive back down the hill every night and we'd just be blown away. How cool is it to be blown away by your own work too? That seems really exciting to me. I think what's cool about that too is I do think we're culturally moving or shifting towards a place of embracing imperfection a little bit more and actually wanting genuine, authentic connection with people, genuine, authentic art that isn't so well polished that we don't know what went yeah. into it. I'm like waiting for the the kids to like finally rise up against social media <laughs> and shut it down. I'm so over it. Like, yeah. can we can we get rid of that, please? Thinking about social media, thinking also about digital. Like, digital is playing yeah. such a role in the way that music is getting out to people right now. It seems like you guys have kind of a unique way of doing that where you're making it accessible. You're trying to increase accessibility. You're not sort of the purest of... I know musicians who are, like, going back to making tapes, but I'm curious about this idea of trying to trying to make sure that your music is accessible and, and responding to the way that the times are sort of mm -hmm. going versus trying to steer it a little bit, I guess, that tension between the two. Yeah. It's, it's hard because it seems like things evolve really quickly, especially when it comes to whatever medium like the art is in, you know, like of course CDs used to be a thing. Now we have a box of CDs and rarely do people buy them anymore because there's no more CD players. So, which is kind of a great thing in my mind because I'm a huge vinyl freak and like collect records. So it's great that it's made artists shift back to vinyl, um, which has its own, problems and everything but it's it's a little it's and it's an actual physical representation of like music you know what i mean like uh, a cd is just code a record is actually if you just took a needle and you spun it around the record you'd actually hear it you know what i mean it's it's there it's manifested yeah. on it so that's cool but you know of course we're always going to have the digital world too. And so I, I think it's kind of cool the way things are coming around with the exception of um, not getting paid by Spotify. <laughs> but.
is the magic of fruition what do you think is the thing that makes it work uh we've always done what we want to do for better or for worse we've always stayed true to like what we sounds we want to make and and not like what's trending what we know is going to make money (laughs) and i think people can sense that in our music we play all original songs and um, we love each other a lot, and we love each other's music a lot, and that shines through when we play it. We've played some of these songs thousands of times, and, and when we still play them live, it's like, damn, that feels good. Mm-hmm. And then another another um, facet of what makes it, like you said, magical, I think, is um, is the songs themselves and our harmonies. Like, the vocal harmony blend has always been kind of a calling card of this band, and it's kind of been the glue that can like glue together three different songwriters music on stage in, in a night and make it still sound like a cohesive one unit band. So I'd yeah. say that's pretty magical. Yeah. And just to accentuate what you were saying, a band with three songwriters is pretty rare. 
(laughs) especially nowadays. Like I can't really think of one when I try to. And so that's, what's kind of beautiful. That's, that's part of the, a big part of the magic in my mind, Mm -hmm. because we all do other stuff too. I play in a couple other bands. I have a solo thing and I write tons of songs that I'm just like sitting on, but it's one of those things that we all bring kind of our best stuff to the table that we think is going to work with this band. And we kind of sift through it and we talk about the things we like, the things we don't like. And we also have been writing together more too, which is great. And so, yeah, I think having three songwriters, I mean, first of all, it's like an incredibly challenging thing to be in a band with even two songwriters. So three has, I mean, we've, we've been through it all together. You know, we've been a band for 15 years, so we've, there've been definitely all kinds. We've felt all the emotions. Like I, want to kill you like (laughs) like this is done you know like but but we've learned through time and we've just stuck with it and and it's so great where we're at now because we're all kind of grown up a little more and and get where each other's music is coming from and just want the best for the greater good of the band you know yeah yeah the parts of the whole to equal the the sum with there being five of you it seems like your recent work has really given it an effort for everyone to feel seen and heard and and to have that moment and then collectively like thinking about the parts of the whole how do you do that well like how do you collaborate well in a way that allows three people three songwriters five people to feel heard I think it's intuition I think it's like very natural of a flow we've just gotten really good at finding the stuff that we've experimented a lot and we've kind of found the things that work with in this band and the things that kind of don't. And so now I feel like it's just, we're at a really sweet point where we, we can bring something to the table and kind of know right away if it's going to work or not. And even if we feel like collectively that it's not going to work and one person's like, wait a minute, let's try. We, we always hear it out, you know, so we're, we're willing to try and I think I think over the years we've like really fine tuned the art of just um, serving the song, uh, whatever that means. Whether it means cutting out this chorus or cutting out a solo or adding some harmonies here that we might not have thought of. And I think naturally through doing that, like figuring out what best serves the song, just like organically, people end up shining when they're meant to shine in a song. And like your like your original question was like, how do you manage to individually let five people shine and I think that's how we do it it just it just comes about through the process of of serving the song it takes being like pretty open to throwing out something that you might love you know and then having it totally be ripped apart you know it can't you know and that's part of it too is yeah vulnerability is a huge part of it but you know Having having each member shine has just kind of naturally happened too. Like Jeff Leonard is our bass player, and he was kind of the la- he was the last dude to join the band, which was probably like seven years ago now, something like that. He just added a whole different flavor instantly, jumping into the band, and ju- just by the, the way that he plays, you know. And once you when you get someone in the band that like is good at a certain kind of flavor or something. It will change the kinds of ways, the kinds of things that you think you can do. And so it pushes us in all different directions. Like the last record, there was actually a song. Jeff would just warm up with this bass line he was doing. And one day I was like, 
where did that come from, dude? That thing is so catchy. He's like, I, I don't know. It's just something I came up. I was like, do you mind if I write to it? So I wrote a whole song, just wrote all the lyrics Amazing. to over this bass line. And we, it's called Don't Give Up On Me. So, so like that, those are the kinds of things that we're open to. I think once he joined the band, it really became a tight unit. Before that happened, it was a little looser and we didn't quite, we were still trying to figure out our sound. But once he came in, it was just glued up. I mean, Tyler Thompson is also like our drummer. He's, he's also the engineer and has recorded most of our stuff, not all of it, but, and he also is a producer in his own right and plays a ton of instruments. So that's another thing too. Like the way he thinks too is constantly influencing songs and he's, he's, he's really good at, and we all arrange stuff together, but he's really thoughtful when it comes to arrangements and he's really good at seeing the big picture. Yeah. And especially when you're a songwriter and you have a, a vision of how a song should be before you bring it to the table. Like Jay said, like sometimes that vision gets like completely dismantled and reconstructed in a way you would never thought of. And although that can be like a little weird at first, cause like, dang, my baby, Hard. like yeah. this is how I, I really wanted it to be this way. But like sometimes having someone like that show you an alternate perspective is just like totally opens the song up and makes the song. And then all of a sudden you realize this is the song. It's not what I had in this vision. It's like this more collective realized version of it. Oftentimes, most often ends up being like, that's it, baby. That's the song. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. Well, and in a way you're lucky because to create in a silo is so hard to not know if what you're creating is resonating with somebody else is like almost impossible. I'm curious too. It seems like your fans are committed to you. Like you have a core group of people who really love you. Have you felt safe to explore and experiment and keep those people? Do you feel like you have an obligation to those people? Not always. Not always. There have been times in the past where we've definitely felt misunderstood by by maybe some of our fan base, but the real hardcore ones have gotten it way before we even maybe got it and, and, uh, have felt the, the magic in a way that we'll never know because we're doing it, you know, they're experiencing it. So it's a, it's a little bit of both sides of the spectrum. Sometimes I feel like there have definitely been times because this band, when we started, we were a string band and we never really fully went bluegrass but we would dabble in it. And so, and we came up playing in bluegrass and jam festivals. So we would do that kind of stuff live just for fun, you know, but as time evolved and then we got drums, then we could, then we kind of started growing into the band that we wanted to be always from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a rock and roller. Like that's always been me. Like from the first band I played, I was playing electric guitar. I never even attempted to play acoustic music till I moved to Portland, which is, crazy but I just wasn't on that tip it never I never really dug it so and then having to start as a string band I really loved that aspect of it but once we once we got drums in, I was I felt more comfortable to like share the other side of myself that I was kind of partitioning off to another project and so yeah fans along the way some of them have gotten it some of them have not but like our fans that like are really hardcore and stick with us are amazing and we love them so much and we feel like i feel like anytime we put out stuff they're out there just spreading the word so yeah and i think we've gotten really good um in recent years of of finding the like the like confluence of what we 
really love playing what we want to do and what we're experimenting or trying finding the cross-section of that and like what we know has resonated with people before we've seen what works, whether it's how they respond from the stage or how they've downloaded or purchased the music or even said to our face (laughs) sometimes. Um, And so we've gotten like a lot of good feedback, whether it was directly or not over the years. And, And I feel like we're really coming into our own as far as writing and playing what we feel speaks to us and also speaks to people. Cause ultimately like when you're playing music for people, like you, you, you're hoping and wanting it to connect. Whereas if you're just playing for yourself, do whatever you want. Cause you're just connecting with yourself. So we found, we've gotten really good at finding the, um, the sweet spot of writing and playing in a way that people will connect and that we, that we will connect.
what do you love about what you do? I pretty much get up whatever time I want in the morning. <laughs> unless I'm on tour. <laughs> unless I'm on tour, and then that changes. Not having a boss. <laughs> like, being able to, uh, I mean, make a living off of stuff that you just create out of thin air. But also, m maybe more than anything, and I didn't realize this until the pandemic stole it all away from us, it's... It's like the best therapy in the entire world playing music. The second I wasn't like pouring my heart out on a stage every night and I was stuck inside of a house, I, I really, really got to go into some dark, awkward places with myself that I'd never been in before. So that's probably the highlight to me is being, being able to uh, really just... Anything you're feeling, too. I mean, sometimes I'm feeling sad or or pissed at one of the band members or, or, or pissed at somebody else, pissed at my wife or whatever, like, and just, like, process it. Or somebody died or, like, you just really get to, like, funnel everything through performing. So that's that's the highlight for me. I mean, what he said, for sure. It's all of the above. My favorite thing about 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 music and and being an artist and being able to support myself with it is exactly that that I don't necessarily have to do the who jump through a lot of the hoops that a lot of people do have to to survive and it is definitely a different kind of living and a different kind of surviving when you there do what we do hoops. and there are certainly <laughs> hoops but um I don't have a LinkedIn profile yeah so like that, that, that's a that's a win you know um, and so I, I, I try and count my blessings every day in that regard. Yeah. And no cubicles, you know, our cubicle. Well, we, we do have a cubicle. It's, it's a sprinter. It's a sprinter, but the, at least the scenery changes. Yeah. Yeah. We can smoke weed in our cubicle. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, you guys are getting ready to go on stage. Do you have a backstage ritual? And if so, what is it? Um, yeah, we've, we've had some, uh, kind of move through our, our, the rhythm of our, of our nightly flow over the years. But in recent memory, we've been making sure that we, before we get on stage, all make eye contact and touch each other and just like take a moment to like be present with each other. And usually we take it to the point uh, uh, or to a place of like huddling together and doing some like really slow, intentional breath work for a moment, just so that we're all in the same mindset all like in the same level of calm and heart rate even um and it's really really wonderful it's yeah. a really nice way to like you'd think like when you think of like teams that are about to hit the field or whatever that you like you want to get pumped and we've even sorry if that clipped in the mic um sorry every, sorry everybody um but over the years we've realized that like getting like jacked up before the set isn't really the best way to like go perform sensitive art music stuff. <laughs> and so like getting to as like calm and like focused places you can before getting on stage is, is huge. Yeah. And presence too. Yeah, exactly. That's that. I think that's the whole point of it. Not just the connectivity, which is also very important, but just to be like, we're here, let's go out there yeah. and be there. Anything, anything you can do to like get to that presence, like Jay yeah, said, before before getting on stage, yeah. 
and so just like being, yourself. yeah, just being where you are at mm-hmm. and then being together in yeah. that way. It's, it's, that's the way that you make the greater than the sum of our parts like magic that you hope to make. She came when I was lonely And stayed just for the night Stuck in a hotel in San Antonio I wasn't doing alright She had the moon in her eyes Smell of beer on her breath I had an unfamiliar feeling She laid her head on my chest an interview with Jacob Anderson and Kellen Acebrook of Fruition. For more talking music programming, you can visit our website, kvnf.org. Thanks as always for listening. There's too much distance between us. I'll never be your man. Pretend for just one moment. I'm trying to understand.